Welcome to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Today, we'll show you how to use the spirit of love and self worth to improve the connections with everyone else in your life. This program is your weekly gift and it will keep on giving. You'll see. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Jean Marie Farish and delighted to host Love Light and so thrilled for you to be joining us live on the Voice America Network to inspire a lifestyle of love and wholehearted worthiness, wholehearted connections through worthiness. I hope you're all being safe and I send you Love Light around the world in the midst of our global health challenge. And I want to open our show today with a quote by Mother Teresa who is the most recognized humanitarian who demonstrated love and action and selfless service. As a tribute to our healthcare workers around the world, let us touch the dying, the poor, the lonely, and the unwanted according to the graces we have received. And let us not be ashamed or slow down to do the humble work. So to a sick person, The healing hands and warm smile of a nurse is a miracle. To the child whose home is the hospital, healthcare workers are family. To the person alone in a hospital room, the doctor is a good friend. Where would we be? Where would the world be without our healthcare workers? The frontliners in hospital emergency rooms, clinics, and various healthcare settings every day, 24-7, to help us heal, provide enduring care, endearing care as well, and see us through our healing journey. We are delighted to have two amazing and outstanding guests on our show today, representing the University of Mississippi Medical Center, located in Jackson, Mississippi. University of Mississippi Medical Center provides health care from the state's only academic medical center. University of Mississippi Medical Center educates healthcare professionals, conducts health sciences research, and known for clinical excellence in patient-centered treatment and leads in advanced levels of patient care. UMMC has over 10,000 employees and serves over 35,000 patients each year. So today I welcome our guests. Hillary Baisden, Program Manager, Office of Patient and Family Experience, and Sandra Redmond, Administrator, Office of Wellbeing on our show today, Healing Arts and Empowering Healthcare Workers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to each of you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let me just share that I came to know uh, uh, Hillary uh, through her innovative work in launching the UMMC Healing Arts Program and Patient and Family Services uh, on the Patient and Family Advisory Council, of which I serve. And Ms. Redmont was invited uh, as a guest uh, to educate us about the services at UMMC. And I was so inspired, Ms. Redmont, by your passion for well-being of healthcare workers. You know, UMMC, with this corona uh, crisis, uh, is really impacting us in unprecedented uh, 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 numbers in terms of services and and, and the stress on healthcare workers. You both are sought out by patients, families, and healthcare workers uh, for help. So tell us about your roles at UMC and what issues are, are facing healthcare workers and people whom you serve. And Ms. Uh, um, Hillary, if you'd like to start, uh, that, that will be fine. We'll just kind of alternate since we have two guests. All right, great. Um, thank you for having me today. I'm, I'm really um, uh, just honored to have this opportunity to, to speak to this audience and to visit with you, Dr. Farish. Um, I'm a nurse by trade. Um, I have spent time in my career in the emergency room um, ICU, med surge, and cardiology prior to coming on to the um, Office of Patient Experience a little over a year ago. So um, I, uh, you know, started to recognize in myself some some feelings of burnout and some feelings of compassion fatigue and, and um, was looking for kind of a job change and uh, found the Office of Patient Experience 
Um, and it, it's been an absolute blessing and a pleasure to get to do this. It's something completely out of my wheelhouse, and I'm learning something new every day. Um, and so that's how I ended up here in the Office of Patient Experience. And you do an excellent service, and I know that for sure because I'm on your uh, committee. Uh, and Ms. Redmont, uh, what, tell us a little bit about what you do and issues oh, that definitely. you face as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you also for having me on the show. This is very exciting to be able to share with everyone the work that we're doing. I'm in the Office of Wellbeing, which is a new office for the university. I'm a social worker by education and 20 years of experience and recently moved into this position looking at compassion fatigue and burnout. I became burned out as a social worker and was looking for new ways to help myself and had the opportunity to take on this position and looking at how we can help the institution. As our employees are happy and healthy um, and feel grounded, then they are able to work better together and also provide the best patient care. I think what's so wonderful is that both of you uh, are relatable. You're as a social worker, uh, being in the clinical aspect of the treatment area, and as a registered nurse, you both talked about compassion, fatigue, and burnout. And I can imagine in the daily routine, uh, healthcare workers face these issues every day, and now we're compounded by the coronavirus. Uh, how has this affected the, or changed the whole atmosphere and what is being done in your individual program areas to serve? Um, you know, I, it really hasn't changed what we do day in and day out. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I say that with the, the most um, um, humbleness possible because, you know, this is what we train for as, as healthcare providers. Um, you know, we're we're a little more aware of our situation. Um, it has changed our uh, policies just slightly, um, but but really here on the front lines in the hospital, um, we're not really doing anything uh, differently. We weren't we're not doing anything um, special that we weren't doing. Uh, before the coronavirus came along. We're still taking excellent care of our uh, patients and, um, and family members and really just trying to stay in the moment and be present and, um, and just make the best possible decisions and choices for, for the best possible outcome for everyone involved. Well, can you elaborate on some of the specific things that are offered by your uh, program that can help patients. I think you're ahead of the game because you have these, you already had in place these outstanding innovative programs and services, but what are they? Uh, I'm sure our listeners would like to know the specifics of what, you know, what the programs are about and how they really help patients and family members. So, um one of the most important changes since this COVID-19 um, situation has come online is um, we've had to make some changes to our uh, visitation policies where, um, you know, we're strongly encouraging people to, to stay home. Um, and, and that includes our, you know, our employees. If you're sick, we want you to stay home. Um, the visitors in the hospital, we are limiting visitation to those who are in the hospital, those people who have to be here, uh, mm-hmm. in order to keep our patients safe, but also to keep our um, family members safe and our employees safe. And so some of our, um, you know, headline programs like the Healing Arts Program um, have been temporarily put on hold um, in that uh, previous to the COVID-19 situation, we were inviting in area artists, um, musicians, dancers, um, really art of all kinds, um, inviting them into the hospital setting to help facilitate, you know, an environment of healing and calmness and grounding and reflection. And since we're not able to have those people in from the outside now, um, we're getting inventive with our um, programs and we're bringing art to the bedside 
through right. some uh, <clears throat> donated iPads and Kindles and cell phones. And so we're able to um, bring some programmatic work to the bedside for our patients when oh, they're wow, not able to bring wonderful. in the actual artist. Yeah. And I know you have the pet, pet therapy program. Can you share uh, with the audience what that's about? And uh, has that uh, obviously that's probably you know has slowed down as well. But can you just share uh, with the audience about the uh, pet therapy program? Sure, sure. Pet therapy is probably our most popular program. Um, we have um, certified uh, pet therapy teams, which consist of a handler and a certified. Um, dog. We're only allowing dogs at this time, but uh, we have 13 pet therapy teams um, who come to the hospital uh, daytime, nighttime, weekends, holidays, and um, you know they their sole purpose is to spread joy and to make people happy, and um, they do a very good job of it. Um, our patients and families love to see the therapy teams. But one of the most surprising things was the um, uh, outpouring of support and love from our staff and um, all of the positive feedback from our peers who have said, you know, this really, uh, this program makes a difference in, in my day. It helps me hit the reset button and take better care of my patients because I've gotten like a little mental break and got to love on a dog for five or 10 minutes and it really just helps me get through the rest of my day. So it's, it's been wonderful. It's a great program. Um, you know, we, we partner with Mississippi Therapy Canines and Alliance Therapy Canines, and, um, and we just really enjoy the program. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And we see here what benefits one benefits all. So it changes the whole energy of the entire hospital. And pets really have that unconditional love and pick us up. So, you know, this is a great and outstanding service to be provided for the patients and healthcare workers as well. And I know from experience, you put on excellent uh, healing arts uh, programs with outstanding performances, magic shows for the children and uh, programs for the staff as well. And I think the, the hospital staff are actually involved in the healing arts as well. Uh, am I correct? Absolutely. We have um, several um, physicians, students, nurses, techs, um, lots of people from every um the specialty and department throughout the hospital participate in our healing arts program. Wonderful. Well, Sandra, what about you and your program? I think you have, what, an everyday wellness program? Tell us a little bit more about that. So everyday wellness is our workplace wellness program that we started in 2016. It We are looking at the whole person with that program, so overall well-being. We talk about professional well-being, financial well-being, physical well-being. Um, so some of the pro- uh, programs that we have have been the farmer's market. This year we were helping the farmers set up CSA so our employees would be able to have vegetables brought right to them at work so they didn't have to go to the grocery store. And um, we've offered yoga classes, Zoom classes, and most recently we had a six-week financial wellness program, which was very well received and something that we know that is a stressor for many people. And so being able to have something at work that they could go to for an hour and really work through um, what's my budget, how do I save, et cetera, that made it... um, very real and tangible for them. So those are the kinds of programs that we're putting on. It's something that really helps our employees grow and make their lives easier at work. Those are excellent programs and so practical. And what I like about it is that they're integrated within the hospital because really, uh, uh, healthcare workers really don't have the time to seek out and actually pay for these services. So these are free integrated services to address every aspect of the whole person. Wonderful. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we, there's some other things that we had in the works. And of course we've had to put a lot of these things on hold during this, um, the pandemic. So we're, 
eager to get back to being able to provide our programs. We are looking at how we can be innovative and still offer some things um, through Zoom or WebEx so that um, our workers can have some sense of being engaged with our community. And I think you have, uh, I was really impressed with this story uh, telling series that you offered for what physicians and healthcare workers. Can you share a little bit about that before we move into our commercial break? Absolutely. Uh, Story Slam started out in a physician's organization and it's just being able to connect, reconnect to our humanity. Why did we go into healthcare? to begin with. Um, there's a whole movement about narrative in medicine and how healing that is and really touches on getting us back to our why. And so we had our first um, slam several months ago and it was a great success and we have planned one for April 15th. And now we're about to see how virtual um, programming works because we oh. decided to carry forward um, and move on. So we have a great slate of speakers, and the theme for this Story Slam is Acts of Kindness. Oh, wow. Wonderful. Yeah, which is really Mm -hmm. important, especially today, um, as things ramp up and we're becoming more stressed. So instead of just physically storytelling, you're going to be doing it through Zoom, and so you can still keep the connection. Correct. Oh, wonderful. We are hoping, yes, exactly. This will be new for everyone, but, you know, we're going to check it out and see what we can do and learn and then hopefully build off of that. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, so don't go away. We'll be right back with our guests from the University of Mississippi Medical Center, Hillary and Sandra, Healing Arts and Empowering Healthcare Workers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Celebrate the launching of Dr. Jean Marie Farish's new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, to guide you in strengthening and embodying the practice of love in your daily life. Connect with us on Facebook and join our Lover's Lane Feel Good Now community and tune in to the Love Cocktail Minute. Relax, refresh, renew for support and daily inspiration. Life Care Wellness Pep for Angels, Inc. is a nonprofit organization to enrich lives and serve our community with emphasis on serving children who are hospitalized. Join Dr. Jean Marie Farish and Vicki Winterton in their global mission to donate My Joy Journal for Children in English and Spanish to as many children as possible. Order directly from Amazon.com and donate to children in your communities. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to lead up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Pauline Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed voice america empowerment.com you are tuned in to love light with dr jean marie farish 
Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Gene at Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back. You've been listening to Love Light, Living in the Spirit of Love with your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. And joining me are University of Mississippi Medical Center guests, Hillary Baston and Sandra Redmond from the Office of Patient and Family Experience and Office of Wellbeing on our show today, Healing Arts and Empowering Healthcare Workers. We've had great uh, conversations about the innovative programs offered at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And I really want to continue uh, with our discussion. How are you both personally dealing with this situation, uh, this current health crisis, as you take care of yourself, your patients and family, and then return every day to your family? And uh, if you'd elaborate on your experience with burnout and compassion fatigue, that's very relatable now. Share with us. What are you doing to deal with this? Well, um, the, um, I mentioned earlier that I, you know, started to recognize um, some feelings of burnout and compassion fatigue in myself um, a few years ago, and and for me, what that meant was I I found myself, um, you know, I, I tell people that my empathy cup was running empty. You know, I it was hard. To as healthcare workers, you know, we're servants at heart, and um, you know, we're called to deliver empathy and compassion and equanimity to um, every person who walks in the door. And so, at the end of a twelve-hour shift, um, when you've poured out everything that you've got to deliver exceptional care for your patients and you go home and sometimes you're physically exhausted and and sometimes you're emotionally exhausted and sometimes you're both. And uh, so when you start to recognize the burnout, it's the kind of, for me, it was the dread feeling, not looking forward to going back to work or not um, getting that sense of enjoyment or fulfillment out of the work um, that I was doing that I had previously. Um, and, and, and I found myself being short with my, with my husband and my kids and, um, just not being able to be empathetic in my personal life because I was so drained from my professional life. And, um, one story that I share with people is, um, I, my husband and I were actually on a rare date night and we, we witnessed a car accident and we stopped for, to help the person in the accident, and um, it was it, it was a messy accident, a messy scene. I don't want to be be gory or anything, but um, it was a messy scene. And um, you know, I did what I could until the paramedics arrived, and we were getting back in the car. And uh, thankfully, my husband keeps bottled water in the back, and so I'm washing my hands to get back in the car. And I get back in, and he looks over at me, and he and and he's like are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm good. Let's go, you know, let's go eat or whatever. And he sat there quietly for a second. And finally I looked over and I said, what, what's the deal? And he said, the fact that what you just saw doesn't bother you bothers me. And that was really a wake up call for me because, um, you know, it, it was just another day. It was just another routine. It was just another patient for me, but it was very traumatic for him. And so um, I, I, that was kind of a wake-up call that, oh, you know, maybe I need to start being a little more present, a little more aware, a little more awake, um, mm-hmm. and focused on what I'm doing. And so um, to me, that's what, what burnout and compassion fatigue look like. Sandra, what does it look like for you? <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was that overwhelming exhaustion. Um, I worked with kids. Um, at-risk kids and kids that had been adjudicated and the my last child where I just broke down and said I don't know that I can do this anymore it was snowing and he was walking to school barefoot with jeans and a tank top on and um, 
you know, Child Protective Services, of course, is completely overwhelmed, and I understood that. But I put him in the car with me. We went and found some clothes, and that was sort of my breaking point. I was very, very tired. Um, I felt ineffective. You know, why am I doing this? I keep pulling these kids out of the river. Um, And so in my head, I thought, okay, I got to go upstream and figure out what's going on and try to change the system um, because this just isn't working anymore. I was, you know, sometimes it was a, they call me in the middle of the night, I'd get up and go do what I could, and I loved it for so long, but that was that specific moment. I just said, we got to do something different. We've got to help the system. So that's, that's what it was for me, those two things of just feeling completely exhausted and ineffective. Those are great uh, accounts of your personal experience. And I think in the helping profession, we're, we're really confronted with that. And I can speak to that as, you know, for years and years working as a counselor, uh, professional counselor, working with persons transitioning from uh, prison situations and on probation. And, you know, sometimes I would come home and just be exhausted. But then, you know, here, you get a page, a call or whatever, and here you are back out again, and we're only human. And it's amazing from those stories that you get shut down. And sometimes you're not aware. And just like for Hillary, your husband say, hey, wake up, you know, but you're like, okay, business is usual. Let's go ahead and have dinner. And he's like shocked, you know. So so it's amazing when you have people that kind of make us a little bit more aware because otherwise we're just, you know, it's like you have your own little blinders on and you're keeping focus with getting through the next moment. Those are great stories. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. You're focused on getting through the next moment. And you tell me this. What are some maybe moment-to-moment self-maintenance strategies that you would recommend for healthcare workers to help them not become depleted and continue their service and enjoy what they're doing. I know it's pretty hard right now with the uh, enormous stress, but what can you recommend? Well, just this, um, just this week, I mean, one of the most incredible things about this COVID-19 crisis that we're in right now is um, the sense of community and, um, you know, healthcare workers and, and other professions coming together to support each other um, through this time has just really been overwhelming. And one of the things that struck me just yesterday was, um, you know, I've never been intentionally stopped and asked how are you doing? And, yeah. and I say, I'm good. And they go, no, really, how are you doing? How are <laughs> yes. you feeling? Are you okay? Yes. And, um, and, and that's been my peers. That's been my um, superiors. It's been, it's been across the board. People have said that and not just in healthcare. I mean, my, my, my post office um, lady at the house last night stopped and asked me that, you know, so, um, so it's, yes. it's been awesome. People ch- just checking in on each other, but, you know, me personally, I, I have been gifted with the, with the time to, you know, take a five minute walk outside on our beautiful campus here in downtown Jackson, Mississippi. We've got a little piece of heaven right here on earth and yes. we've got beautiful <laughs> gardens and grounds to walk on. And so I've taken the time to do that. Um, and if you can't leave your desk, just, you know, just a 30 second deep breathing meditation, say a prayer, uh, do something non-work related to clear your mind and, and reset your focus. And mm-hmm. so that, that's probably the things I do most often. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm trying, I'm not very good at it, but I'm trying to intentionally practice gratitude, which is another thing that I um, was reading about earlier this week. So, And I think what, what's happening, uh, people are becoming more aware and more sensitive Whereas before, you know, even though, you know, people are aware of what you're doing, but now it's like people are becoming more compassionate. And as you indicated, just going to the post office or your worker, your your administrators or people at the hospital asking you, how are you really? Because we get so accustomed to just saying, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. Because of the position that you hold, you know, you're considered to know uh, all the strategies and we're only human. 
Okay. All right. Um, Sandra, do you have anything to share in terms of your uh, strategies that you use that can help others in, in maintaining their well-being? Absolutely. Uh, so walks are really important. It does, you don't have to go far, even if you just walk around your chair, um, honestly, or go into the stairwell, um, go up one, walk down two. And during those times, thinking about, I'm a very, um, I'm a big mantra person. And so as you're walking, it can be if you're getting up to walk to the bathroom, right? You can, as you take a step, say, and as you're breathing, you know, kind of breathing in, I can, as you're inhaling and exhaling, say, do this. You know, I can do this. So that you're reminding yourself, whatever that mantra holds for you for that day. And it could be something of thanks. Um, It could be a something encouragement or something that just brings you joy so that you can keep that going throughout your day. It's not anything, Mm. even at your desk, close your Mm -hmm. eyes and lightly put your um, palms over your eyes and you can take a couple of breaths with your mantra. Um, There's other breathing techniques and folks can download apps around that, but those are the big things is being able to walk around and uh, specifically for me and doing the mantras. Those are beautiful. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, thank you. And something else I want to say is that we do have folks that are there and Hillary, I'm so glad to hear about people stopping you and asking you how you're doing. I'm texting a lot to different people to check in on them. We've got some people who are working at home for a variety of reasons. One, you know, some people have been quarantined. Some people have asked to, quote, social distance, and because of what their position is, they're at home. And so you can feel disconnected. And so through texting or we've done some Zoom Meetings like get togethers, so had a yes. Zoom lunch to yes. take the break. That's great. <laughs> so that we, um, so that people are, are staying connected and it's not just a work thing. Because you think about it, you get up and you walk around the corner and you're like, you know, hey, Hillary, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? How should we run the PFAC tonight? Yes. Is there a question yes. that we should have? Um, so those are the things that are, I would say, are really important. I think those are wonderful. And as you indicated, trying to still stay connected, even though, you know, people are isolated or or at home or whatever, to still keep that connection going is so, so very important. Are there any, uh, what, what about your families? How do you deal with, you know, when you come home to your families, are there any issues that you have to deal with with your families? How do you assure them or reassure them of your own well-being? Oh, that that's that's a uh, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, my my mom is also a healthcare professional. She's a nurse practitioner in Texas, and um, I was teasing her just yesterday. She's never called me so much um, as she has in the, in the last couple of weeks <laughs> because of of this crisis. Just you know, checking on me and um, seeing where we're at and what our situation is and do we need anything and reminding me to take care of myself. And, um, and, and so my, my family who are healthcare professionals, they get it, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, my, my husband and son, again, for them, it's just kind of business as usual. And mom comes home after a long day, she heads straight to a shower, the clothes go straight into the washing machine. Um, she doesn't speak to anybody until after she's had a shower and then we can have (laughs) a conversation. Yes. You have your own routine and they understand that. And I think respect and appreciate it because sometimes I know as a counselor, when I would come home, it's like, I just need some quiet time to just not hear anything just go take that hot bath and settle out and then you know reset so those are excellent uh, approaches to to get through it are there any uh and and now the the healthcare (laughs) professionals when they go home if they have kids they're also having to help 
with all of the distance learning and home care. So it's like having a second job. I've never had such an appreciation for our teachers and, and educators as I have had in the last few weeks. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's wonderful how people are really coming together, as they say, alone and together. Uh, and people really, uh-huh. I think it's going to bring about a new appreciation for just people in general, because people are reaching out, even though, as I indicated, we're, we're kind of forced to be separate. But And then for our families, we're still together, but we really have to kind of reset and look at a, a, a new approach in relating to each other. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity to grow and expand ourselves and uh, really have more compassion in our relationships. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are there any, uh, before we go into, uh, well, we're going to go into commercial break shortly, but are there any uh, like uh, support groups that you're connected to? And we're going to continue with this uh, shortly, but uh, any uh, support groups are, are in the hospital for those who are actually working there uh, now uh, or uh, even outside of the hospital, and maybe that's a question that we're going to have to address uh, going into commercial break for uh, you to think about, because I know that there are uh, people who might want to help or be resources, and I know that we have to keep this social distancing, uh, but uh, yeah. there are also, you know, opportunities. Yeah, okay, well, good. We're right. going to uh, discuss those because we're looking at overall well-being. We're looking at mental health, physical health, spiritual health, <laughs> every aspect of it, emotional health and well-being. And I love, Sandra, that you indicated this holistic approach, uh, looking at the whole person, not just one oh. aspect of the person. That Absolutely. really brings it home. That really brings it home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think you're focused on what? Everyday wellness, right? Your program, Everyday right. Wellness, so, so, so appropriate. Well, well, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick commercial break. So don't go away. We'll be right back with our guests from the University of Mississippi Medical Center, Hillary and Sandra, Healing Arts and Empowering Healthcare Workers. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Celebrate the launching of Dr. Jean Marie Farish's new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, to guide you in strengthening and embodying the practice of love in your daily life. Connect with us on Facebook and join our Lover's Lane Feel Good Now community and tune in to the Love Cocktail Minute. Relax, refresh, renew for support and daily inspiration. Life Care Wellness Pep for Angels, Inc. is a nonprofit organization to enrich lives and serve our community with emphasis on serving children who are hospitalized. Join Dr. Jean Marie Farish and Vicki Winterton in their global mission to donate My Joy Journal for Children in English and Spanish to as many children as possible. Order directly from Amazon.com and donate to children in your communities. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Jean at Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back to our show, Love Light, with your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. If you're just joining us, we are with the University of Mississippi Medical Center guest, Hillary Baston, Program Manager, Office of Patient and Family Experience, and Sandra Redmond, Administrator, Office of Wellbeing on Healing Arts and Empowering Healthcare Workers. I have been so inspired, and I'm sure our audience of listeners have really been elated by the kinds of innovative programs and services offered by the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And I wanted to continue our discussion uh, regarding support kinds of systems or networks within the hospital or outside the hospital? What are what kinds of networks are you affiliated with as you perhaps become overloaded with uh, these stressors of burnout and compassion fatigue? Can you share with us what, 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 what you're doing in that regard? Well, inside the hospital, through the Office of Wellbeing, there is a program called RISE, and it's Resilience and Stressful Events. And so those are for our clinical staff. If they experienced an adverse patient-related event, we have peer responders that are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, ready to uh, listen, validate their feelings. If there is something else that they need, we'll check in on them and maybe help them be hooked up with other resources that are in the community if they need it. But this is an awesome group of men and women who've decided that they really want to help their coworkers. And initially it was for people that were experiencing an event related to a patient, and we've expanded that now just to deal with stress, dealing with um, the crisis that we're experiencing. There has also been the Division of Psychology has opened up a hotline for our employees as well um, from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. to take any calls for folks that are feeling stressed or scared because this is a really, uh, with uncertainty comes a lot of anxiety and fear. So they are also available. So is the hotline uh, just for... um uh, your healthcare workers are always oh, just okay for the employees. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, the vo- can volunteers be a part of this hotline, or is already established uh, uh, within the hospital? It, is, estab- it mm-hmm. is established right now um, in the hospital with the division of psychology. Mm-hmm. So they are we're affiliated with them, but I can't speak to if they need volunteers or not. Oh, right okay. now, our rise volunteers are specifically our clinicians because, as Hillary said, you know people don't understand if they're not a healthcare provider yeah, what that experience is like. So if you just need mm-hmm. somebody to talk to, you're talking to somebody who gets it because they live it every day. Yes, that's that's so relevant. I love what RISE. Can you tell us uh, what that acronym means again? I love that. Sure, resilience and stressful events. Mm, mm-hmm. So appropriate. So, uh, is this a twenty four seven hotline or what? Uh, how does this operate? The hot, uh, so RISE is a twenty four seven hotline, um, and it's a peer support program. The psychology hotline are. Mental health and COVID nineteen mental health and stress hotline right now is just um, during working hours, and they are working to expand that. And that has been um, developed by the Department of Psychiatry and the Division of Psychology. Mm, I think we're learning as we go <laughs> because this is so exactly. unprecedented, right? And people are trying to join in and connect and really uh, uh, capitalize on the services that they can offer. What about Hillary? Uh, what's any types of support programs that you're go- uh, 
uh, creating or, or, or have going on with, with the Office of Patient and Family Services? So the within our office, we, um, we also have our volunteer services program here at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, which is um, a very robust program. We have usually um, 500 plus volunteers between our four hospitals. And unfortunately, this is a a program that's been suspended due to the COVID-19 situation, but our volunteers are continuously reaching out and and trying to find ways to help and support our our staff and our families here. And so, um, you know, our volunteers are continuing to serve in in a variety of ways. Um, We've had community partners who have... um, brought breakfast to the frontline staff. They mm, donated perfect. hundreds of, of uh, pots of coffee for our staff members, um, free coffee. I mean, what healthcare provider doesn't love free caffeine? Yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they've, uh, one of the things we're in need of is um, used or, or new um, Kindles or iPads or old um, cell phones so that we can have our patient rounding teams take those um, items to the patients who are here in the hospital and, and they can have a way to connect with their family via FaceTime or Skype or something like that and they can see each other and they can connect because, mm-hmm. you know, as mm-hmm. we were talking about how important it is for healthcare providers to stay connected and, 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 and have that interaction with people, it's just as important or maybe even more important for the patients who are kind of stuck in their hospital rooms mm-hmm. to also be connected. And so we use those devices not only to help them connect with their families and, and loved ones, but also that's how we're bringing in some of our programs with the healing arts. And oh, um, yes. more than once we've had a patient <laughs> want to Skype with their dog. Um, mm. so, <laughs> yes. um, it gives the... Um, gives them the opportunity to do that. So um, so our volunteers are finding other ways to serve. They're bringing puzzle books, you know, crosswords and Sudoku and word search and that kind of stuff and, and magazines and things that were given out to our um, patients who are stuck in their hospital rooms. And um, so they're finding new and creative ways to serve. Mm. So what, uh, and you've indicated what you're accepting for donations, how can people donate and are there any other immediate needs that if people around the world or in our communities would like to donate, what, how do you go about doing that or is that acceptable? Well, all, all of our donations are handled through our Office of Development, which would be on the University of Mississippi Medical Center homepage. Um, uh, under the development tab, and they have a comprehensive list of what our needs are and, um, and, and how to get it to us. We have an Amazon wish list, so people can visit the development website, um, click on the link to the Amazon wish list, purchase an item, say a snacks or a books or something, and Amazon will ship it directly to us. So oh, perfect. Um, perfect. that would be the best way to do it. Go through the Office of Development on our homepage. What is the website for that? If you could give us like the contact information for you or your offices or the medical center, what's the best way for people to get in touch? Uh, let's say if hospitals around the world want to connect uh, to learn more about your programs and innovative services, what is the best way for them to contact you or access information about uh, being a donor or uh, learning more about the services or connecting directly? So the best way to get um, all of the information would be our um, University of Mississippi Medical Center website, which is um, www.umc.edu. And um, from there, you can find all kinds of things. Um, you There's an Office of Patient Experience tab, and that's how you would get in touch with us. Um, about some of our programs, healing arts, pet therapy, patient and family advisory councils, um, our children's uh, FAST team, family advisory support team. They're all on the website. Um, the tab for development would be our um, any ways to donate and our needs. And then to connect, um, you, we would love to hear from you. So, um 
the my email is uh, the letter L as in Lauren, uh, and then my last name B A F D E N at umc dot edu, and we'd love to hear from our from our peers and and learn from them and see what they're doing and what programs they're successful with and and we always want to network and get new ideas. Mm, thank you. That is so wonderful. Thank you both been very thorough. And thank you, Hillary and Sandra, for joining me today on Healing Arts and Empowering Healthcare Workers. We found some relief, and I'm sure healthcare workers around the world really appreciate what you're doing. We're so grateful for your healing hearts and all that you do. And, and the University of Mississippi Medical Center that makes a difference in the lives of the hospital community and for all the patients served each day. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Well, today we've been inspired by the University of Mississippi Medical Center frontliners, our guests, Hillary Baston and Sandra Redmont, Healing Arts and Empowering Healthcare Workers. Be aware of how you feel, what you're thinking, what you're doing. This impacts your well-being. What will you do each day to fill your cup with self-love? Practice some of the strategies that they mentioned to get through moment by moment, which are excellent strategies. Tune in next week with our guest, uh, David Ortega, Bercel, Your Heart Connection, A Doorway, to holistic living. Tune in to the uh, my website, www.jeanfarisjourney.com. Share with me your insights uh, from our shows, and I will share them on uh, live on our show. And I look forward to to hear to, to hearing from you. I do post the upcoming uh, uh, love practice exercise for the week, so you can visit my website, the blog page, www.jeanfarisjourney.com. So as we close, I leave you with this Irish blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rain fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. My gratitude to Voice America team for making this show a reality and shining their love light around the world. And remember, an empowered self is a loving self. And keep your love light shining. Be be the light, be love, be safe. Thank you so much for tuning in to Love Light, Living in the Spirit of Love. Thank you for listening to Love Light this week. Be sure to join Dr. Jean Marie Farish again for another program next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a wonderful week filled with love, self-worth, and better connections.